0: we can all listen to the sunny side of sports great
1: show bro this is sunny side of sports right here on the voice of
2: america
0: voice of america
2: sporty greetings voice of america listeners this is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 25th edition of The Sunny Side of Sports. On Thursday's show, we'll continue our special coverage of the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament, or AFCON, in Ivory Coast. Joining us now from the Ivorian commercial capital of Abidjan is VOA Nations Cup reporter Muck Bill Sporty AFCON greetings, Muckbill. Sporty AFCON greetings, Sonny. Muckbill, the field is now set for the knockout round of 16 in Ivory Coast. But before we look at those battles upcoming this weekend, let's look back to Wednesday's action. Four matches played, only one goal uh, out of the four matches. That came in Morocco's 1-0 victory over Zambia. Ziyech found the net in the 37th minute for the Atlas Lions of Morocco. Uh, Taking a quick look at that table, Muck Bill, Morocco tops Group F with seven points, followed by the Democratic Republic of Congo with three points. The DRC drew 0-0 with Tanzania. Uh, let's begin with the Atlas Lions, Muckbill. How, how did you think they looked?
3: I think uh, they've looked decent, Sonny, uh, throughout the tournament. It was just the very first game that they played against Tanzania that they were kind of uh, uh, able to assert some kind of dominance. Uh, yesterday they had about 19 shots to 11 shots from Zambia. Seven were on target, uh, but just couldn't find, you know, any kind of real, uh, real, real chances. Um except for Ziyech's goal, um, but yeah, they, they've looked great at moments in spurts, but then they've also looked not that great either, so uh, tons of folks are saying that because um, a bunch of these players play in Europe uh, this time of the year, uh, you know, maybe they're, the, the heat at this time of the year coming off of playing from in Europe, it may be affecting them, they haven't really had tons of time to adjust to playing in this level of heat. And and the heat here is, is, is unbelievable, Sonny, you know, having cooling breaks uh, is something very unique to playing in this, this level of uh, heat. So uh, I can, I can see how they, you know, maybe haven't played their best football just yet, but you know, they have a a championship pedigree type of talent. So um, I'm pretty sure next round uh, they will be playing uh, a lot better.
2: Mukbil in the other group match the Taifa Stars uh play a scoreless draw against the Leopards of the Democratic Republic of Congo the DRC goes through to the knockout stage I got to tell you Mukbil our friend Sunday Shamari was a bit somber in the office on Wednesday he wasn't exactly waving his Tanzania flag and uh from a historical note, Muck Bill, Tanzania has never won a Nations Cup match. Wow, that in and
3: of itself says says a ton, you know. But the beauty of the game and the infrastructure of the game on the continent is that teams like Tanzania and the likes, you know, the smaller teams uh, that maybe don't usually qualify, are starting to get more and more opportunities. They're getting better and better. Uh, so. I could see in a couple, maybe next uh, AFCON, you, um, maybe next AFCON, Tanzania will get their first win and they'll start rolling. But uh, they, they have some talented players. um Coaching could the, the the difficult thing always is always about the coaches, you know, sometimes you have a ton of talent, but if you don't really know how to manage them tactically, uh, and you're going up against maybe a more tactical coach that kind of sees things and exploits the way that you're coaching, it kind of uh, makes things difficult. We've seen teams uh, that, you know, have had, you know, all the uh, tremendous players, you know, high quality players that play all over the world and then somehow they're just not able to, you know, do what needs to be done simply because the manager, uh, maybe isn't making in-game adjustments. So that's been a huge thing. Uh, before we switch out of this group, um, the Morocco-Zambia game had huge implications, right? Because if Zambia was just able to draw against, um, Morocco, they would have been through as the last third place team, uh, to make it to the knockout phase. So the entire Abidjan was sitting here holding their breath rooting for Morocco to win that game so that they could make it through. So once Morocco finished the game 1-0, the streets were flooded. People were screaming in uh, in jubilation uh, at the fact that Ivory Coast was the very last third-place team to make it through to the next round. And that was because of that huge, huge loss to Equatorial Guinea. Had they lost 1-0? They would have been through early on, but it was that goal differential that really knocked them so far back. Uh, so, luckily for them, they caught a huge break uh, because they could have easily been out of the competition.
2: Congratulations to the elephants of Ivory Coast, and they did uh, give their head coach the boot, Muck Bill. Uh, yeah. uh, what, what was your reaction to that?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Cassette, uh, you know, he's a bit of an old school coach, you know, and, and sometimes I feel like, uh, historically, if you've, uh, been in the game, uh, coaching game for so many years, people just expect you to be able to pick up, uh, with the new generation or the new styles, uh, that are being played. But unfortunately for him, he just wasn't able to, uh, in my opinion, I think that, you know, he left some key players, uh, out of this squad as well and he's not the first nor the last to do it uh other teams have been linked to leaving huge players off or even having um amazing talent on the team and these players are playing sitting on the bench i can just think off the top right now i know tanzania i know uh cameroon uh left out uh chip moting for whatever reason um you, you have you have so many of these huge talented players that for whatever reason the managers or the coaching staff or whomever the federation just is not bringing those players on. And even though those players want to play for their country, maybe it's a clash of the egos between, you know, superstar players and the coaching staff, but sometimes you got to put those things aside and just get the best person for the job. Because if you have a player of that caliber, that's playing in Bayern, there's another team. At the moment I can't really think of it, but, uh, that had a player uh, who plays for Bayern uh, on the bench all game. It's mm. inexcusable. It's inexcusable, you know, uh, because there's a reason why these players are playing at the at the highest levels of the game. You know what I mean? Uh, so you got to get them in rotation. Even if they're not your guy or even if it's not the person that listens to you the most, um, there's a reason why this person has been able to get themselves to that level. Uh, you need to trust them that they can do their job.
2: Mukbill turning to Group E. Both matches on Wednesday ended in scoreless draws. South Africa and Tunisia deadlock, and Namibia and Mali also played to a scoreless draw. As a result, Mali tops the table with five points. South Africa and Namibia both go through to the knockout stage. Namibia, uh, one of the best third-place teams, so they qualify. Uh, another coaching casualty, Muck Bill, Jalel Kadri steps down from Tunisia. Uh, very disappointing Nations Cup joining the managers. Uh, we mentioned the manager from Ivory Coast as well as Ghana's manager, Chris Hutton, also got the boot. So, yeah, a mm-hmm. lot of coaching casualties at this Nations Cup.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, if I'm not mistaken, also Gambia's head coach, uh, Saint Fiat. It's Tom St. Fiat. He didn't get fired, but he resigned. He stepped down.
2: Let's take a quick look at the upcoming round of 16 matches. Uh, from a geographical perspective, uh, I found it interesting that uh, four of the eight matches involve countries that border each other. And yeah. I'm talking about Angola versus Namibia, Nigeria mm-hmm. versus Cameroon, Equatorial Guinea versus Guinea. And Mali versus Burkina Faso. Uh, wh- why don't you begin with Angola versus Namibia, Mukbill? How do you see that match?
3: Huge, huge. Uh, I, I think Angola has really been rolling, man. Uh, they've, they've played such phenomenal games in their matches already. Um, I, I think Namibia is going to have a tall task. If I was to predict, I'd say Angola has a slight edge. But the the beauty of it is Namibia has shown us two completely different styles of of play that they've been able to play. So, you know, some games they're just there um, and other games they're knocking in four goals. You know, so it's, it's like we don't know which Namibia we're going to get. They have a, a ton of firepower up front as well. Uh, they don't shy away from competition. So I expect it to be a great game.
2: Mukbil, a match that's getting a lot of attention, uh, two giants in African football. The Super Eagles of Nigeria will go up against the indomitable Lions of Cameroon in Abidjan. Your thoughts on that match?
3: Yes, Um, Interestingly enough, I think uh, Nigeria was able to make it through. um, But I don't really think that they had that great of a performance in the group phases. Uh, They could have done a lot better. Uh, I believe Cameroon also scored more goals than Nigeria did in the group phases. Uh, we're just able to edge out that last game where they won 3-2, um, that put them through as well. So it's, it's gonna be tough. Uh, the interesting thing about it is, like you said, both two huge giants of Africa, uh, when it comes to, uh, the, the sport of football on the continent and, uh, huge fan bases, very prideful. So I'm expecting everybody to be out and and excited for this match that you know Cameroonian and Nigerian fan bases are huge uh so we'll see uh, at the hotel that uh, we're currently staying at there's a huge uh Cameroonian crew um that you know constantly keeps telling us about you know what they're going to do what they're going to do so uh <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll 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 see we'll
2: see how that plays out <laughs> equatorial guinea versus guinea another border soccer rivalry muck bill can emilio Sue add to his goal scoring campaign in ivory coast ensue
3: has been super hot man he's been super hot five goals leading all goal scorers at the moment um if i'm to you know say hey can do i think he can continue to add absolutely sonny. uh This man has has a knack for putting himself in the perfect position uh, when it comes to, you know, being that true number nine type player. You know, he really gets physical with the defenders, kind of moves their body in the direction that he wants to. And he's able to just tip goals in the very, very first goal he scored against Ivory Coast was his first opportunity in front of the net. uh, And he just kind of just tipped it along. And it was a very, very nice goal. So, yeah, I'm expecting I'm expecting Emilio and the team to really be as efficient as they've been throughout the entirety of the tournament. And Guinea, Guinea has also shown uh, glimpses of
2: brilliance as well, so it's not going to be an easy task. I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the Sunny Side of Sports on The Voice of America. I'm talking with VOA Nations Cup reporter Mukbil Yabiro, who is reporting from Abidjan Ivory Coast. Another border match coming up, Muck Bill. Mali versus Burkina Faso. How do you see that one?
3: Yeah, I think Mali has been the stronger team of the two. Uh, Burkina Faso has shown uh, moments, like I said, of brilliance uh, where they've been able to get ahead in certain games. But you know, the laps in their defense has really been the biggest, biggest Achilles' heel for this team. Um, there, they can be up two goals or a goal and Super last minute, they concede a goal, right? Um, In extra time, late extra time, on a last cross possession, you know, stuff like that uh, has been really what they've been doing. Uh, So I think Mali is just the more dominating type of team. They've been a little bit more consistent than Burkina Faso has been throughout the tournament. Uh, So if I was to say, I think I'd give the edge to Mali. But Mali played in Namibia and and they drew uh, zero zero. So. You really don't know. You really don't know.
2: The Pharaohs of Egypt, Mukbil, winners of a record seven Nations Cup titles, Uh, kind of unimpressive in Ivory Coast. Uh, They had three draws in the group phase, and they'll be playing the DR Congo on January 28th. How do you see that one? Can the Egyptians maybe pick up their game a little bit?
3: Yeah, Sunny, uh, funniest thing about Egypt is Egypt had the exact same score in all three games, right? They, they drew 2-2, two, 2-2, two, 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 and 2-2. Two, two. So, <laughs> so it's, it's not so much about them scoring, it's about them stopping the opponents from scoring that seems to be their problem here uh so you know having their star uh winger slash striker Mohamed salah out uh injured um has not been a help to them but what i've noticed is that when they were playing with him they were trying to always get him involved and playing through him but when they when they lost him it kind of forced them to play as a collective team sometimes when you have superstars of that magnitude uh, you know, players feel a certain need to want to get this player involved consistently in defenses and, and, and coaching staff are always prepped for that, right? You watch film, you make sure you know how to stop Mo Salah, how to stop Victor Oseman. So if the teams are just relying on getting the ball through that player, then it, it becomes very difficult for the team as a collective to play. So once he went out, I feel like the team played with more fluidity. It's just that they've had some, you know, bad lapses in defense um, that have caused, you know, uh, them to go down a couple of goals. But they've always found a way to make sure that they they come back at the very end or score that final goal. They never really give up. So uh, I I like their chances against DRC. Um, It's not like they're losing, you know, so they've just been drawing. They just need to, you know, tighten up the back and, you know, potentially take them out because scoring is not really so much of their problem.
2: Another round of 16 match, Muckbill. The Blue Sharks of Cape Verde. Uh, one of the surprise teams, they'll take on another surprise team. The Lions of Chinguetti from Mauritania. Mauritania coming off its very first Nations Cup win. Do you see the Blue Sharks, uh, swimming past Mauritania, Muckbill?
3: Yeah, I mean, I really can't go against Cape Verde, you know, what they've shown us in the group phase is that, you know, they, they have an ability to even dig deep in games that really don't necessarily matter, right? Because that very last game of theirs against Egypt, they were already through. But it, it was the the pride that they had in their team to make sure that they don't take any losses um, in in the group phase. It means it means a lot. It means that they are a very serious team that prides themselves in wanting to win every single game. Uh, so um, if if I'm to you know predict, I'd say Mauritania has a tall task, but you know they were up for the challenge to be able to get that win uh, to push them through. So maybe they get that little bit of momentum as well. Uh, I do know that it's going to be a good game. Cape
2: Verde is definitely going to come out swinging, though. Defending Nations Cup champion Senegal, Mukbill, arguably the most impressive team in the group phase. They finished with a perfect 100% record, three victories. They'll take on the host team now, Ivory Coast, which, as you mentioned, uh, kind of got through barely into the knockout round uh, via that third-place scenario. Uh Uh, I got to believe the Lions of Taranga are heavy favorites in that match.
3: So for us on the outside, absolutely. In the country, I know the 12th man is going to be roaring in that stadium. Um And and interestingly enough, Sonny, the the record that Ivory Coast has doesn't really show the level that they play at, right? This is a team that usually dominates ball possession. They have the ball a very, very large portion of the time. They're very physical. They're fast. They're athletic. Their biggest problem is getting the ball in the net or getting the ball to a specific player inside the box. So when the wingers get the ball and they swing it in, uh, the strikers are just having a problem with connecting. But the ball continuously is coming into the to the box for like 90 minutes straight. Uh, so if they're able to, you know, with this maybe new change in coaching, uh, you know, maybe – be start working on a few things before the game, uh, because I, I believe they play on Monday, so they got a couple of days where they can kind of start working on maybe some new you know strategies or some new plays maybe with this new coaching staff, um, or maybe just new formation really that can kind of just load the box up. Um, I think if that happens, then we may see a more uh, a closer game than expected really. Uh, because people are expecting Senegal to just run away with this. I, I know that Senegal has the level and the quality to finish and be efficient, but I also believe that Ivory Coast really, uh, they 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 hold on to the possession of the ball a lot. And I don't know how Senegal plays if they're not able to control the possession or the tempo of the game. So it'll be a very interesting watch.
2: Finally, Monk Bill, the last round of 16 match will be played on January 30th. In the southwestern city of San Pedro, Morocco will meet South Africa. How do you see that one?
3: Morocco and South Africa. South Africa has shown us one game where they scored four, and they showed us another game where they missed a PK and lost the game, right, 2-0. So we just don't know which South Africa is going to show up. If I'm just looking at it from a stylistic standpoint, Morocco poses a lot of problems for South Africa because of their Tiki-taka Barcelona style play that they do, uh, is not great for, uh, for South Africa because South Africa seems like even when they defend, they defend like almost like one on one. It's not a collective defensive scheme. So you have a player one off by himself. Uh, and if, if it's like a give and go type of a pass situation, a player might just be running towards the ball and kind of guarding one player at a time. It, it gets very tricky for them in the back. So they're going to have to do some film. Luckily for them they have some time right uh so maybe just watch the last three games and see what it is that they do uh the fullbacks uh hakimi love they, they love to flank the sides and run all the way up so it could be a potential opportunity for quick counterattacks you know and try to be as efficient as possible so there are pathways uh for um you know for for uh south africa to win this game because they've shown us in certain games they 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 can score as well you know uh, so we'll just be watching to see what they end up doing and, and coming out with. And hopefully they don't have that mentality of like, we're going up against, you know, the Atlas Lions that went super far in the, in, in the World Cup. Just play it like you're playing any other team, uh, and don't psych yourself out. And I think, uh, they'll give it their best effort.
2: Muckville used that word, uh, pathway. Your pathway now calls for a return to our VOA headquarters here in Washington. Uh, maybe some final thoughts on your uh, first visit to Ivory Coast?
3: Yeah, uh, it's it's been a great experience, Sonny, um, and that's why I was really rooting for Morocco to win uh, yesterday, so that uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Les Elephants, could make it through as well. Because the the people have been so warm, the hospitality has been amazing. Food's been great. Weather's been great. So I'm not looking forward to coming back to this extreme cold that I know we have uh, back home. But, you know, duty calls. guess you got to come <laughs> back sometimes.
2: <laughs> VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckbil Yabiro talking with us from Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Thank you, Muckbil. Thanks, Sonny. Sporty greeting. This is Victor Super Supergirls of Nigeria, and Napoli FC forward. You're listening to the
1: Sunny Side of Thoughts on The Voice of America.
4: relax, unwind, or charge up? Then listen to Music Time in Africa this weekend. It'll do all that for you and more. I'm Heather Maxwell. I know good music and Africa is my passion. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for one hour of commercial-free Pan-African music of the highest caliber. You get great music, music news, and amazing artist interviews from rising stars to superstars. This listen will take you places, so do it. Join me for Music Time in Africa, your weekend destination.
2: And your sporty destination is right here on the sunny side of sports. Turning to tennis, players from China and Belarus have advanced to the Australian Open Women's Singles Final. Craig Gabriel reports from Melbourne.
0: For the first time since 2014, a woman from China is in the Australian Open final. Zheng Wen will be playing Irina Sabalenka for the Daphne Akhurst Memorial Trophy. She's defeated Dayani Yastremska in 1 hour 42 minutes, 6-4-6-4. This is the first time Cheng has reached the final of a major, and she's emulated her countrywoman, the great Li Na. But at 21, she's the youngest to achieve that.
4: For sure, the feeling was incredible to arrive at my real first grassland final that's my dream since i was a kid so right now for sure i'm feeling really happy but i know there's still another fight to go so i'm trying to control my emotion right now
0: Earlier, the tables were turned. Four months ago, Coco Goff came back from a set down to beat Sabalenka to win the U.S. Open. This time, Sabalenka made sure the early advantage she had was not going away. Both women played some fantastic tennis. Goff had her chances in the first to clinch it, but it was Sabalenka who seemed to lift when she really had to, and she dominated the tiebreak, reaching her second consecutive final at the Australian Open, 7-6, 6-4. Sabalenka and Zheng have played once before and it was at the quarterfinals of last year's US Open and Sabalenka won on that occasion. Day 13 in the men's semis and the records continue for Novak Djokovic and these are records his opponent today, Yannick Sinner, would aspire to. They meet for the seventh time and Djokovic leads 4-2 but Sinner has won two of the last three. Djokovic is in his 48th semi at the majors while Sinner is in his second. The Italian has been the form player of this Australian Open. He's the only one not to have dropped a set. While Sinner hopes to reach his first major final, a win for Djokovic would put him into his 11th Australian Open final. It'll be the 19th meeting between Daniil Medvedev and Alexander Zverev, who defeated Carlos Alcaraz in the quarterfinals. And Medvedev has won 11 times, including five of the six matches they played during the 2023 season. But this is their first meeting at one of the four majors. If Medi wins, it'll be his third Australian Open final and sixth overall at the majors. And for Sasha, it will be his first Australian final and the second final at the majors. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne.
1: Around the clock, the Voice of America
0: keeps you in touch with the latest news.
4: Tune in at the top of every hour, every day of the week,
1: for
0: the five minute VOA
4: newscast. We bring you reports from our correspondents and interviews
3: with newsmakers from around the globe. Give
4: us
2: five minutes, and we'll give you the world. VOA, your trusted source for news and information. Sunny Side of Sports on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and at VOAAfrica.com. My Facebook address is Facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My X, formerly known as Twitter handle, is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to VOAAfrica.com, you can listen online to The Sunny Side of Sports as well as past episodes. Check out voaafrica.com for lots of African news. For world news, go to voanews.com. Pro basketball, eight NBA games Wednesday night. The AP's Day Ferry reports on victories by the Memphis Grizzlies the Milwaukee Bucks, and the red-hot Phoenix Suns.
1: Devin Booker poured it on in the third quarter before the Suns completed a 132-109 route of the Mavericks. Booker scored 22 of his 46 points in the third period of the Suns' seventh straight win. Phoenix trailed by 16 in the second quarter, but led by 22 after outscoring Dallas 43-20 in the third quarter. Suns coach Frank Vogel.
2: Our guys kept our composure, especially in the second half. We said halftime, the team that's more composed is going had the advantage, and uh, our guys kept their poise.
1: Kevin Durant added 12 points and 10 rebounds as the Suns successfully opened a seven-game road trip. Luka Doncic had 34 points, eight rebounds, and nine assists for Dallas while playing without Kyrie Irving, who sprained his right thumb on Monday. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a triple-double in the Bucks' first game since head coach Adrian Griffin was fired. A 126-116 victory over the Cavaliers. Antetokounmpo had 35 points, 18 rebounds, and 10 assists for his seventh triple-double of the season. He's one assist shy of having four straight triple-doubles. Joe Prunty ran the team while Milwaukee finalizes negotiations with Doc Rivers to take over. It's great getting the win, um, you know, as, as far as for me, uh, that was the the task at hand. Uh, that's what they said, you know, you're going to coach this game. Damian Lillard scored 28 points and Chris Middleton 24 for the Bucks. Donovan Mitchell had 23 points for the Cavaliers, who had won eight straight. Vince Williams Jr. scored 25 points to lead six Grizzlies in double figures in a 105-96 downing of the Heat. Gigi Jackson, the second finished with 17 points, and fellow backup Scottie Pippen Jr. added 15 for Memphis, which hit 17 of its 36 three-point attempts. Williams was 5 of 6 from downtown and 8 of 10 overall. Jackson hit four of his six three-point tries. Tyler Hero paced Miami with 18 points, three more than Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Caleb Martin. The Heat have dropped four in a I'm Dave Ferry.
2: And that wraps up the January 25th edition of the show. Thanks to producer David Vandy and engineer Saida Hamdoun. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports.